I just thought it was. Is there more than one pharaoh? I don't know. You know I don't what? Know either. Maybe they have pharaohs of different areas. I don't know. That's a good question because they have. How could you have someone building a, a a a pyramid that's maybe you have little pharaohs and big pharaohs? <laughs> because okay. King Tut had just a lot of shit. Okay. You can't have two King Tuts. Circling back. Okay. <laughs> King Tuts. That was his name, Tutankhamun. Tutankhamun. But I know. But if you had. Two, it's not like King Tut number one and Vice King Tut. No, I know, but if you had two Tuts of that magnitude, <laughs> or Pharaohs, kings, okay, kings. Pharaohs. <laughs> yeah, if we ever invent time travel, then we'll talk about the red flags for the Egyptians. Okay, that sounds great. That'll be the first <laughs> thing I want to do. Hello, and welcome to A Little Bit of Everything podcast. I'm Allie, and I'm here with my co-host, Scotty. Hi, Ali. How are you doing today? I'm good, Scotty. How are you? Well, the weather's been good. Things are looking better. Yeah. Yep. We live together and are engaged, and we have six kids between us, ages ranging from 10 to 20. On this podcast, we chat about a little bit of everything. Our main focus is on dating, relationships, and parenting in a blended family household. We will talk about finances, our careers, mental health, movies, and other things that impact our relationship with each other and our kids. So today we will be talking about red flags in a relationship. The origination of the phrase red flag came from 18th century British and American English, where according to Wikipedia, the term red flag could mean either a literal flag used for signaling or as a metaphor, a sign of some particular problem requiring attention. Wikipedia goes on to say that a red flag was used by military forces to indicate that they were preparing for battle. And you had the idea to track down the time period when the idiomatic meaning started to be used in dating. Yes, I was thinking uh, during the period that we, especially this round of dating with the apps and stuff, you know, red flags is like a big thing. I don't remember hearing that term when I was dating as a younger person. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I wonder where that comes from. It just seemed like it might be fascinating. I mean, everything you read about red flags and how it's been used, which, you know, it's it's all warnings. It's anything, it's all about warnings. Right. So, so the phrase red flag today is used widely in society to refer to someone who may be dangerous or emotionally unsafe. In this context, red flags are warning signs of unhealthy behaviors. Sometimes, especially in early dating, we are infatuated by someone, which makes it easy to brush off or completely miss red flags. We will start off with major deal breakers, discuss some generational red flags, and some minor red flags. We will chat about things that can help you identify these warning signs and what to do if you notice them. Finally, we will end on a positive note with some green flags. It's really important to talk about red flags for a couple of reasons, not for the purpose of a trauma dump or toxic trait shaming, but it took me 40 years, 40 plus years to figure out how to both identify potential red flags in other people and to work on my own bad habits in order to make myself a good partner. Did you have a hard time identifying red flags in people when you were dating? I think it becomes clearer as you get older and we've been through stuff and i think a lot of it is also like you said looking at your own your your own self what are your own red flags 
sometimes I think we've determined that it's you that has to change too. But yeah, like you're saying, you do tend to look away from red flags and it's not a bad idea to have a, a reference point of what to look for when you're starting to date because you do get clouded and you forget. And I think you're going to talk about having counsel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is highly recommended, um, if, especially if you're looking for you know, a long-term relationship. Sometimes we just choose not to see something that's there, and sometimes it's in our gut, and I think you'll talk about that as well. Even if someone was raised in an emotionally healthy and stable family with good examples set for them, which would you describe yourself that way? Yes. My parents were married, what, 38 years into my mom's death. So, yeah, and it didn't, you know, I've been divorced. My brother was divorced. So that may not be the case. Mm-hmm. And especially those who weren't raised that way, we don't all have a solid toolkit that allows us to identify red flags in others. And we may not be healthy partners ourselves. Additionally, although I have been self-aware for quite some time, it wasn't until recently that I learned how to work through those issues. Like I was just self-aware and it's like, well, yeah, this is just who I am. That's, that's important though. I don't think people get to that point. If you can't get to that point, you're not going to move forward. Well, you can't, you can't work on things also if you're not self-aware. That's true. Mm -hmm. But some people don't care about that. Mm -mm. We know a few people that just don't care. (laughs) They just don't, they think everything's around them. It's not them. Mm -hmm. And the first thing we did, I think at least this round is looked at ourselves and made a lot of changes and, and know that it's a continuous process Mm -hmm. and that we are, we, that we communicate, Hey, we're not getting this right yet. Right. Yeah. But we're going to. Yes. (laughs) Our hope in examining these warning signs is that we can help others avoid the relationship pitfalls that we experienced. Whether you are younger or older, there's always time to have a successful, healthy relationship, both with a partner and yourself. Starting with the major deal breakers, as you mentioned, the victim. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how long it would take to spot that. I think early on when you're younger, you might deal with that for a while, especially Mm -hmm. if if they're like handsome or beautiful. You're like, that's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. But now if if someone was, (laughs) that'd be so easy to spot now. I think those are, it's part of maturity, I guess, right? Yeah, well, and I think you have more life experience when you're older. And so when you're having a conversation with someone when you're dating them, it's easy to hear how they respond to life and their history, right? So I dated one guy who just complained nonstop about his ex-wife and never talked about anything related to himself. At some point, you need to decide that this is not going to rule your life. And I think younger people who are dating don't necessarily have that life experience wisdom to pull from that you can identify. But it could be something like they were fired from a job. And sometimes you're legit fired from a job for not a good reason. But if they just constantly have negativity about all the things happening, that would be a way to identify it. Well, in that case, you're talking about if you're complaining about your ex-wife, that's not going to, there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing you really can do about that person anymore. It's time to just kind of focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. Unless, you know, there's other 
factors were I mean, we know there's situations where you have to deal with the ex-partner. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying never complain or don't ever talk about your previous issues. But if that's all you do and you're not being accountable for your issues in the relationship either, then that's a problem. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big problem. So these people are very needy. They don't respect your boundaries or personal time, and they can be highly emotionally draining. Another major deal breaker would be mommy or daddy issues. This is another clinging type of person. They're immature and may expect to be forgiven for their unacceptable behaviors. These people are also emotionally and physically draining, and you will be caring for this person as you would a child. The emotionally unavailable person. This person avoids intimacy and or commitment. They may possibly be in a relationship with someone else. The struggle with this one is you will be running an infinite marathon to chase this person and you will always be let down. They will never give you what you need. The one thing that I vowed in my life that I would never be involved with someone that was involved with someone else. I mean, that's, I mean, maybe in some of these cases, they don't know they're involved with someone else, Mm -hmm. but as soon as some, I mean, for me, and it's probably a good lesson, if you meet someone and they're married or in a relationship, mm-hmm. if you do get involved with them, how, even if things work out, isn't it showing that they're capable of two-timing you? Mm-hmm. I mean, how could you think you're special all of a sudden? Um, I don't just something that I, I, I was very careful. I'm not saying that everyone can do it, but for, I guess I think I've been pretty good with not doing that, at least not that I know of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and there we'll go into it too. There are ways you can check and it's not fail safe, but there are things you can do. I think it's okay to do some research. I mean, especially if you have children, I mean, this is, we're talking about people's lives, multiple lives. I mean, you have that right to look into some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Stalking versus investigation. Yes. There's a, there's a difference. Yeah. And the last major deal breaker category. Also, this is not meant to be all inclusive. There's definitely other information out there for major deal breakers and minor red flags is um, being abusive. So whether physical, which in the beginning could be something minor, like throwing something when they are angry or emotional abuse, which could be putting you down or manipulation through making you feel guilty if you don't want to do something they want. And I think that this is the most dangerous red flag to ignore because the long-term damage can be irreparable. Okay. You also had the idea of discussing generational red flags because it looks different for each generation. I'm the idea guy. You are the idea My guy. My <laughs> No. Um, yeah, I thought it would. Well, we were looking at it two ways. One, uh, as an older person, the different gen- generations, how do you, what are red flags for you? But I also thought it would be interesting, and I don't think we're doing this, if you went back to 1950 mm. and they knew what red flags were, what would they what would they be? So the first generation is boomers. Do you want to talk about that since that's your generation? Sure. I, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's horse shit, by the way. <laughs> it looks like uh, for red flags that we found on well, the research that we did was uh, promiscu- promiscuity. Mm-hmm. Younger children mm-hmm. because they're oh, yeah, yeah. they're retired or heading in that direction and have already raised their kids if that was something that was part of their life. Uh, 
poor financial. <clears throat> wow. <laughs> God damn, I sound like you're so Peter young. Brady. You're still going through puberty. <laughs> so yeah, poor vo- vocal ability. No. So financial management, lack of financial security. By the time you're in your, I guess fifties, because baby boomers are getting close to the sixty. You know, yeah, it's telling. If you're just say, hey, I'm just going to start you know, building my nest egg at 60, mm-hmm. choose if that's something you can deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if it concerns you, some people it does. Maybe they're not educated. There's two types of education. There's the, the street smarts. And <laughs> then there's the, uh, and you know, we all can get educated. That's the first thing you should learn. You don't need a fucking degree to be educated. But then there's the folks that go to college. So that's something you're going to have to de- determine. But there is... Boomers do value that degree, though. They do. Gen X, red flags, 1965 to 1979. The greatest generation of all time. (laughs) Their red flags are lack of commitment, love bombing, gaslighting, and toxic masculinity. And then millennials. Do you want to talk about them? Well, we... Oh, actually, we didn't produce millennials. Our kids are all Gen Z, right? Well, I'm... On the cusp of Gen X and Millennial, I'm considered a Zenial. Not you, our kids. I know. So it would be a little bit impossible for me to create a Millennial myself. Our kids are Gen Z, I guess, is what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. My youngest is Gen A, Gen Alpha. Okay. She's so, a new one. Gotcha. Okay. So we didn't put them on here because they're not dating age yet. <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, <laughs> although they do have crushes and whatnot. So millennials, 1980s or 80, 80s, late 80s to 90s. So 80s? Or, 1980 to late 90s. Oh, some of the red flags you might see are not being woke. Uh, Do you know what that means? Yeah, they, they're not hip with the, the racism and sexism. <laughs> hip with racism. <laughs> so what we're saying here, it is important to be woke. They want people that are woke. Their political differences, um, not having social media or being ignored on social media. If you wow. if you're on a date and you Instagram it and you don't caption like "I'm with my love" or whatever. What if your love untags himself? That would be a red flag Might for be like, sure. This shit's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so we see social media is having more of an impact on the millennials, than, mm-hmm. but uh, they also value. Um, focusing on each other and putting down your phone. So excessive screen time is also a red flag. But wouldn't you think that millennials could tolerate that better for them? It would would be okay? Wouldn't that be worse for... They grew up a little bit without technology and their parents modeled that absence of technology more than... The Gen Z's parents. Okay. So there's still that value to, yes, being on social media is important and including me in your social media is important. However, putting down my phone, think about you and I, when we go out to dinner or when we have dinner with the kids, Mm -hmm. we put our phones away. Yeah. But Unless we're taking a photo. (laughs) Right. But my oldest son... When we're sitting here watching a show with him or talking, he's on his phone constantly, and he's Gen Z. So where did that stop? 
between millennials and Gen Z. So you said like 99 or something? Yeah, it stopped on December 31st, 1999. <laughs> I don't believe it. I think there's some late 90s doing that shit There's still. a blend, just like there's a blend between Gen X and millennials. There's, yeah. there's a cusp there. Gotcha. It probably has a lot to do with how their parents modeled and... and um, it, I mean, it'll vary within the generation too. What kind of friends you have, what you value in your friend group, and okay. things like that. So we're saying millennials do still see that as a red flag if they're on, if you're doing excessive screen time. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Lack of ambition and passion, uh, emotionally unavailable. I guess that could. That seems like we saw that earlier too, right? Referring to women as bitches or sluts. Any kind of derogatory slang directed at in at either gender right because we wanted to make this gender neutral we had a big conversation about this earlier this week and i hate to say it guys i couldn't find a lot of stuff about guys or women saying nasty stuff about guys so guys so i i consulted my friends about this and i researched and i couldn't find anything but rachel said fuck boy that wouldn't hurt my feelings (laughs) <laughs> well there goes my fuck boy oh darn it well okay i but okay at least she found one that is a derogatory word that women use towards men okay so that's good we found we found one mm-hmm. <laughs> gen z uh late 90s to 2010s their red flags are you don't answer texts quickly enough like don't leave me on red if someone doesn't respect your boundaries, being inauthentic, not your true self, a lack of growth or rigidness, and political differences. I wonder if the political differences, do you think that's very sensitive? Is it that a big thing right now, you think, with the Gen Z versus um, the older, like baby boomers? Don't think think boomers are very conservative and they're really anti-non- or I shouldn't say that. Boomers are conservative? Have you ever met a hippie? Oh, that's true. I guess that fits in that category. I was thinking more of the, the older boom. Oh, you're right. It's boomers. I'm thinking of my dad's generation. What was that? There's not an entire generation that are all Republicans. <laughs> so some minor red flags may ultimately be the reason for ending a relationship but they may not be an automatic deal breaker based on your boundaries and tolerance. With proper communication and a growth mindset, partners can, although we should never expect them to, change for the better. Some minor red flags could be giving ultimatums, being jealous or suspicious, insecure, passive aggressive, having an unkempt home, Having no life outside of your relationship. What I'm seeing with the minor red flags, at least what we've read so far, it looks a lot like this. Some of this stuff can change. It's not a it's not a personality personality flaw. It's an adjustment to life. Some of the stuff you do outgrow. Some people do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It may change in time. Some of these folks may grow up and start recognizing some of the stuff that they're doing. You know, be more self-aware. Kind of like we were talking about that. Sometimes we do fix our red flags. Mm-hmm. The minor ones, I think, can be fixed. I think you need to be cautious going into it, though. You should never expect people to change. It's possible that they could, but you need to be okay with where they are now. And if they change, then great. But if not, you have to be accepting of their red flags. Part of becoming mature in your dating process is is understanding 
you can't change someone. Mismatched sex drive or love languages, lack of decision-making skills or poor communication skills. How can you identify red flags in a potential partner? Some obvious signs of the deal breaker red flags are illegal activities, criminal record, lying, and addictive behavior. Less obvious signs are controlling behavior, like what are you doing, who's texting you, treating others as inferior human beings. This is a huge one. Seeing how they treat servers or family, friends, and coworkers, how they talk about those people. I think there's um, a piece of advice of like, if you want to know how a man will treat you, look at how he treats his mother. I've heard the phrase, mm-hmm. and I would agree, yes, if someone's mean to their mom or dad or siblings or anybody that's their family and they don't show patience with them, they probably have some stuff going on. Lack of accountability when they do something wrong, oversensitivity to criticism, let's say constructive criticism, not just you nagging or complaining all the time, and intentionally pushing your buttons to irritate you. Some feelings associated with these characteristics may be that you feel dread when you see their name on your phone, you feel isolated from friends and family, and you feel self-conscious when they are around, or their words or actions give you the ick. One of the things I learned, if I was on a date with someone and I started missing my guitar, I'd rather be home playing my guitar. Oh, that's a good one. Something is not good. I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather play my guitar than be on the date. If that person makes me feel inferior or if I, I feel like I'm not a better person in the situation, a lot of it is just missing and waiting to get home. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Have you ever had a first date with someone, felt like it was good, and then went on a second or third or beyond date? Did you get to a point where you were missing your guitar or was it strictly first date? So I, I went out with somebody... And this is an example of where booze clouds your judgment. Went, had a few drinks, mm-hmm. went to a, um, a, a show, like walked to this other area nearby, and they had a live band. And this person kept feeding me drinks. So maybe that, that's an example of a red flag right there. So I was totally thinking I liked this person. Mm-hmm. So the next date, we went bowling, and... I didn't drink because I forgot it. Maybe it was a weekday. I just didn't want to drink. Mm-hmm. And it was so, the chemistry wasn't there. Mm. There was no desire to kiss the person. I mean, I had kissed the person goodnight. I didn't even, I said, do I have, I was dreading how am I going to leave without kissing her. Did you kissed on your first date? Yes. Oh, like a lot or just a little no, bit? No, just oh, kind okay. of a, um, so I'm thinking usually you move forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost like, hey, you want to bowl another <laughs> How many are we going to bowl? You're just going to bowl in perpetuity to avoid saying goodbye. Yeah. So how did it end? How'd you, how did you leave? I think I might have given her a hug. Okay. And then I think that was it. We mm-hmm. never talked to each other again. Like a mutual opt-out oh, situation? Yeah. It was, yeah. Did she drink at bowling? I don't remember. Mm. Maybe we both didn't. Hmm. So if you are unsure... If what you are experiencing is a red flag, what can you do? So, I mean, the podcast, for those that are listening, obviously this will help. We're not seeking to be your counsel, but hopefully this episode is one thing you can do, research. But we both have best friends that we use as counsel. Coworkers who spend a lot of time with you that, who, that know you, so work friends. 
family members, if you're close to them, like my brothers, I reach out to them sometimes and they'll give some good advice. The internet can provide some insight into people, again, investigation, not stalking, but there are public records. So you can find out if someone is married and if they have been divorced. Uh, You could look at their social media, but you should be careful just like when uh, we have a physical ailment, we Google, you know, Dr. Google or WebMD says we're dying. You have to be careful not to jump to conclusions without having the entire story. So that's when you're looking at my name and you see me wearing a San Francisco 49er hat. Immediate red flag. <laughs> I'm would, sure there was one. Dodgers are, oh God, I, I know. I don't, at some point for us, the teams are not as important as the person. Oh but yeah. It's just funny. But if you're looking yeah. for a reason. Your football team is a red flag. Yeah, because, I mean, we talked about if you're not ready to date, that could be a good one. Yes, that would be a good one. In the end, trust your gut. Honestly identify your feelings and know your triggers. And when you have those suspicions or negative feelings, talk to one of your trusted people as soon as possible. What can you do about red flags for something minor, like texting cadence or a messy house? Have an honest conversation with your partner about your needs and expectations. If they are receptive and show effort to change, then the relationship may have potential. Did you see anything that I did that I've changed that was like a minor one that you remember? And we'll get into this when we talk about blending your family and households. There's stuff that we do that like, but those those are like pet peeves or I have always done it this way and I'm like set in my ways or whatever, there's compromise. So one example, I'm very, I have to see my stuff. Oh, this is a good one. So I I don't know when the alley came to my house, I have all my stuff out because I want to have it easy, accessible, almost like I don't want to forget to, to, to use my, Mm -hmm. my, my antiperspirant, my cologne, my lotion, my, (laughs) so it's all out. And when I went to your house, I just thought, Oh, he doesn't have, like the tools to be organized, like the bins and things like that, because that's what I do. Well, I do have a bin. I had a bin there. You had a bucket. That no, it was like a three-layer bin. Yeah, and you didn't use anything in it. So then when we moved in together, I start organizing and putting things in drawers and bins. And you're like, I need to see all of this. I got a tiered shelving thing and put that up then organized your stuff so it was still visible well and sometimes i'm too organized for my own good and i can't find stuff yeah so i don't think it's downsides i think every like every like couple weeks i'd see more shit gone i'm like what (laughs) like what well no i because you're organizing oh you probably put it somewhere because i i would get upset and i'd ask you and so i started knowing that she probably put it so i just got to think and I would usually find it because <laughs> I go, she did something. She didn't do this to be malicious. There's a, <laughs> no. there's a thought process. I'm like, I'm going to get him. I'm going to hide it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that smart plug. She moved one of them. Like, what the hell did she do? She doesn't like my smart plug. Where did I put it? You put it in the, the power strip. I thought you just got rid of it. I, go, oh, she, I, I love guess. it. I want one for my side of the bed. I, I was thinking she doesn't like my clever idea. So, but, so I just, just 
Take a breath, do some research. <laughs> and usually I found everything in an organized manner that made sense. Mm-hmm. You so. just have to open enough drawers and cupboards. Yeah, or and just, just don't assume she's being malicious. Well, no, I'm, I'm trying to help. No, I know. I, also, now I'm questioning your motive for the label maker that you got me for Christmas. <laughs> That's for your benefit. Could be red flags. Allie could have looked at my... my sink in my where i used to live and say oh my god this guy's a slob mm. but she looked overlooked it and we blended and we found a way to make it i think it it seems i'm happy i don't know oh yeah i'm good okay. i'm i'm happy uh fortunately for you like two or three dates before you was the hoarder so you looked good at that point so it's all about perspective yeah <laughs> no you're not you're not messy by any means i don't think so you have an orderly way it's just in plain sight so and there's nothing wrong with that i also was worried when she came over to my place that she'd see like a poster of pulp fiction and it it come across as like a, a juvenile environment mm. but that's who i am but you never you didn't see that as a red flag right no, Just, and now they're hanging up literally in our front room. When you walk into our house, it's the first thing you see, but it's cool. It's like they all go together. The media the, room. The hang, yeah, the hangout room yeah, yeah. for the kids. Entertainment. Yes. Yes, yeah. We play Mario Kart in there. Well, yeah. We have a foosball table. Like, it's a great, it's perfect for that. Yeah. In this room that we're currently recording in, we have really great art on our walls. Right. I think that the Pulp Fiction might clash with this, so it's, I don't have a problem with it. It's just finding the right space. And in your space, it worked. And another point is the communication that we had. Not assuming the worst of me, that I'm trying to do something malicious and approaching it as, hey, this isn't working for me. Can we talk about it? And how can we work together so that it works for both of us? And I think those minor red flags if you can have a productive conversation where someone doesn't get defensive and hostile, you can really have something good. If the red flags are major deal breakers or your communication about your needs are met with hostility, then you may consider ending the relationship. This may be as simple as saying, I appreciate your time, but this isn't going to work for me. Or if you have a stage five clinger who won't take no for an answer, you may need to completely stop all communication and block them. Either way, it is important to protect your emotions and end things as quickly as you can so that you don't find yourself in a situation years later that is challenging to get out of. So while we talk a lot about red flags in the dating world, but sometimes it prevents us from identifying positive traits and it can cause us to become jaded and cynical and potentially miss out on spotting a green flag Green flags are just as important as red flags. A green flag is an indication of being safe to proceed when someone has qualities that indicate healthy and mature behavior. It is equally important to be on the lookout for good partners. What are some green flags I know, for you? I mean, for me, someone that's kind, like you can, you can just tell when someone's... I think sharing the same values is a good green flag. A good listener is a green flag for me having empathy and willing to be vulnerable patience and i think one of the one of my favorite green flags about you and our relationship is the ability to communicate about literally anything 
whether it's good or bad. It's not 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 to be confused with babbling. No, or, no. Or my Italian, <laughs> my mumbling. Your air quotes, which you just oh, did. Oh God, I got to get rid of that. Somebody <laughs> introduced that shit. They won't leave me. I think a green flag for me, and it's obvious, is um, shared com- or shared laughter or mm. shared um, sense of humor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Being excited and supporting each other and all of the positive things too is great. Yeah, if you have someone that's supportive in your achievements and are happy for you, that's a good green flag too. Mm-hmm. So we hope that this information helps you in your search for a healthy partner and whether you recognize a red flag in yourself, because we all have them, that you want to explore further. If you've decided to enlist a trusted friend to help you identify red flags, or if you find yourself focusing only on red flags instead of green flags, we also hope to have provided you with some material for self-reflection. So at the end of every episode, we go over our currently list, which is a list of a little bit of everything going on in our lives this week. We will post this list on our Instagram at pod, a little bit of everything. We would love to read about your currently in the comments. And I saved a blank template in our highlights for you to use. Please tag us if you post it so that we can see it. Scotty, what are you currently loving? I will tell you what I am loathing, which is hearing this answer. The 49ers are moving on to the NFC championship. So I'm fucking loving that. What are you making? So I've actually been prepping and I have something already for Valentine's day. And I almost wanted to give it to Allie. She knows I can't. Scotty is so bad about being patient with gift giving. It's adorable. Is that a red flag? (laughs) I think it's cute, but I do have to tell you (laughs) multiple times this week, he's been like, I'm just going to give it to you right now. I'm like, no, no, you have to wait. Especially since you really want to celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want me, you don't want to give it to me and not have it for Valentine's Day, right? Yes. Okay. Just remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you reading? Uh, so I've, I've been reading the Oscar nominations. They have a show, and I went through it later and um, read the major categories. I'm not going to read, you know, best short film, so I'm reading those. So I just, I read those recently. What are you eating? So yesterday, I guess this is going to be a trend. I'm going to be quick. I made some steaks. Um, I did tag in. Alley for a couple of things and baked potatoes and a salad. Mm-hmm. I cook almost every single night and I was getting pretty burned out. And so I do a menu every week and I started writing Scotty's name on Wednesdays because that's our transition day away from having the kids. So he doesn't have to cook for the kids. It's just us. And I get some downtime after having done all of my mom's stuff, mom duties. And then the the weekends that we have the kids, I've been putting him down for Saturday. So it just so happens that we record on Thursdays. So then every Wednesday he cooks. And then on Thursday, he's going to brag about how, how he cooked a meal. <laughs> and I just want to assure everybody that he is very well fed by me on a regular basis. If you want to ever pick one of my meals that I make for you, feel free. I will. I, I You make a, what did you make that? I'm not going to say it because I'm just going to say it wrong. <laughs> the soup. 
<laughs> she made a soup that I like. The, the Italian soup. That's the word you can't say yes. in Italian. Mm-hmm. Gnocchi. Yeah. And, and Allie does. She, to be fair, she cooks great. I love her food. So um, maybe I will put something on there next time. Okay. Unless but I, I make a really good. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to. I think you've made. I, I think what I, are you going to make next week? Hot dogs. Scrambled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I did make you scrambled eggs. I know, but I'm saying in your rotation now. I guess we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to go back to the lasagna <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti thing again. <laughs> I just rotate three things. On a serious note, I really do appreciate you. Because I know, I don't think you enjoy cooking the way that I do. But I really appreciate that you do that. And I do appreciate you do cook a lot and i do appreciate that too what are you listening to okay this one's fascinating to me so there's a group called inhaler and one of the songs i'm going to choose because they have a bunch of good songs it's called cheer up baby and i've been listening to this group for over a year and a half and i remember telling my my kids i go god this guy sounds like a young like i go this sounds like bond like you too when they first started out i mean just the, the the voice structure um, so it turns out, I found out that uh, the lead singer of Inhaler is Elijah Hewson. His dad is Bono of U2, and Bono's real name is Paul Hewson. So hmm. that's pretty interesting, right? Very. It, it makes sense now, right? Absolutely. Okay. I was, I've been wondering about that my entire life. But check it out, Inhaler. They're really good. Check them out. And what are you watching? So we just saw this last night. It, I almost wanted to trade you. What were you going to trade? Oh, you can tell, talk about yours. You can t- chime in, please. Because I know when you saw that, I had to ask, mention it to Allie. So last night we saw Tar. And when I first heard about this, I thought it was a, a, sh- a show about someone, uh, a woman conductor, a uh, music conductor. <laughs> Not a train conductor. <laughs> yeah, which we had a My son up. was just in here and we were talking about it. And he was like a train conductor. Yeah, so, so we should clarify. Yes. Okay. And so I, I'm watching it and I stopped. I'm glad I did because I we watched it together because I wanted to see what it was. I thought it was a documentary. <laughs> and then I said, wait a minute, that's Kate Blanchett. Well, it's not based on a true story either. Okay. Well, I told you I was reading the Oscar nominations and, and Kate Blanchett's in there and she's always nominated. And I'm like, well, it's just going to be another performance, like, you know, one of her solid performances. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It was fucking. It was really good. So good. And it's 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 it deals with cancel cult cancel culture, and you'll see. I don't want to give away what happens, but it's well worth watching. Uh, so watch it out. Check it out. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about the movie was her vocabulary. God, I know. I was. I almost felt like we we're watching a foreign movie. It was so good. She said some stuff, and I'm like, just assuming I know what the words mean, and I probably didn't. And she, I, I told Ali, we found a thing where she actually had to do, you know, research these words to make them make sense. Mm-hmm. She didn't know them either. Mm-hmm. So as a, and she's a, you know, I think she sounds like a very educated, it's, it's just check it out. Okay. So moving on to the more important stuff, <laughs> <laughs> Ali, what are you loving? I am loving having blue sky energy. We have had sunshine all this week and I really needed it. What are you making? So as we mentioned, Scotty and I met on Hinge and Scotty, the ideas guy, had an <laughs> idea about, we have this um, wall in our house 
I don't know. How do you say that it's att- it's attached to the staircase? Yeah, so it, it it's angled. So it's it's kind of um, what would you call it? It's on like a forty five degree angle. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 on the side of the wall, the staircase. It supports the staircase. Yeah, so it, it's more of a unique shaped wall. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of that's in the front media room, and we have a lot of. We have more pop stuff like the Pulp Fiction poster and we have our football stuff. We have some family photos in there. And I was just going to leave that wall blank because I thought it may be too overwhelming to add more art to that space. But then Scotty had the idea of doing something with hinges to represent our, our relationship and how we met. And so I went online and found a bunch of prints of different kinds of hinges which sounds funny. I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram at some point. So I put up a gallery wall. I want to mess around with it a little bit more, but there's that. And then I found these vintage hinges on eBay and I ordered, I think I ordered like 12 of them, whatever she had. And I'm going to hang up photos of us on the hinges in within the gallery wall. So that's what I've been making. Do you remember what year the hinges were by any chance you asked me before and i don't remember oh i just i can't remember i wonder if they're older than us but it's okay no they definitely are it looks really awesome i mean according to that the advertisement i have no way of dating you're not gonna do a carbon dating (laughs) we can take it to what's that the antique road show or whatever yeah but no (laughs) to Allie, yes um but to her credit it looks really good and it was very very creative um, so I hope she does post that for you guys. Thank you for the idea. It's that's what I do, baby. <laughs> the voice is, sucks, but the, the idea. No, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, what are you reading? I am reading an article about the movie Tar. After reading this article, I didn't realize it. I thought, oh, I got a lot out of this movie. It's two hours and thirty-eight minutes, though I believe. So it's pretty long and intense. Reading about the the background of it seeing how much I had missed. I'd like to watch it again, actually, after having read this article to catch all of those things. And learning the words. (laughs) I also have another article bookmarked that has quotes from the movie, and I will be looking up the vocabulary that she had. Allie, what are you eating? Butter chicken. There's a new place that we tried that's near our house. Scotty had been craving Indian food, and so I got the butter chicken, and it is to die for so good what are you listening to so i go into work once a week and this week i went in twice one was for a day in the office and i also had some on-site meetings and then today i had to go in for another on-site meeting not to the office but to a property i was able to catch up on a lot of podcasts so that was nice because i have been slacking on that okay and what are you watching we watched the Banshees of Inisherin. That sounds close enough to me. I'm not even going to attempt to capture <laughs> this thing. Banshees of Gnocchi. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, well, tell them, tell them what you thought. I thought it was really good. It is, I believe it's also um, fiction. It is. And Colin Farrell. So it's, I would, I would call it maybe a dark comedy it had some very serious relationship aspects to it, 
but it was also freaking hilarious and Colin Farrell was just really good in it. And it was a really good balance between having substance to a movie and good comedy. All right, be sure to check us out on Instagram at pod a little bit of everything and on TikTok at A-L-B-O-E underscore pod for more content. We will let you know when our Patreon is available for exclusive content to help you with dating and relationships, along with discussing more private details of our lives. If you liked this episode and want to hear more, hit the subscribe button and your device will notify you when our next episode is released. And we have this sign off at the end of every episode. I explained what this is about in our first episode. So if you are confused by why we are signing off this way, go back and listen to episode one and then you will understand. Guys, thank you for listening. We appreciate that. And be, you know, be safe out there and make good choices. Like and subscribe, comments, notifications. Love you. Love your show. Bye.